now for something special. The unit is self-contained with its own saddler, farrier, wheelwright and so on. It's a rigorous training dished out who know all there is to know about horses and it brings results. We take you behind the scenes now to show just some of the interesting aspects of this training. Welcome to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein, the number one podcast to create sounder horses from the ground up. Mike Stein is a registered journeyman farrier with an APF1 accreditation. On this week's show, talking terminology, what does navicular syndrome mean? And also, another chapter, this is Jim's story, and also radiographs for the farrier. All this and much more so we discuss here on Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. And over to my far right side is Mike Stein. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, Travis. How are you? I'm doing all right. Can you move that microphone in front of your face so you're not talking over? over it hello there perfect better you look good you sound good you just want to block my face out because you don't <laughs> want to look at it i do want to look at you speaking of looking at did uh when you pulled up in the driveway this morning normally you have like 50 eyes looking at you when you come down the driveway feathery yes. feathery friends you didn't see any this morning did I you did not you know the battle i've been having with this fox that's been running around our property grabbing our chickens right so this past uh weekend we put up a nice uh wire fence 2,000 square foot area. It's a big, big area. And uh, we've got them all fenced in now. And it's that two inch by four inch wire mesh right. fence. And you put the T post in the ground and you, you go all the way around it. And we're using, you know, the back corner of the hay shed um, to use as one side of, you know, to save on space and stuff and save on fencing to kind of block them all in. So now they're all locked up in the, in their little chicken area there. Big, but it's big. I mean, it's still a large area. Right. And what we've been doing is, you know, because we have horses here, everyone's got a poop pile. If you got horses, you got a poop pile somewhere, right? right? And we'll let that sit there for a little bit and then I'll go out there and take the tractor and I'll get a nice big hot steamy pile of horse stuff and I'll go over to the chicken coop and I'll dump it into the chicken coop area. Are you trying to bury them in poop? No. What they'll do is they'll go through and pick through it and, and get all the little buggies and stuff out of it and hopefully that'll cut down on some of the fly issues that you would have on a, on a, a property like this. So you feed your chickens poop? No, I feed them the bird or the worm and the, the bugs inside the poop. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> but they are... I've been around chickens. I don't know what they... Actually, yeah, we had chickens when I was a kid. They will eat anything. Yeah, those, and it's the bestest, richest eggs, if that's a term that I can use there, for... There's a reason they call them yard buzzards. <laughs> right. Now, you, while you were over here on Saturday... Uh, you were shooing uh, Dominique, not shooing, I'm sorry, you were trimming. Cause shoo, shoo. Now she's raw feet, what is it called? Barefoot. I hope her feet aren't raw. No. Barefoot. She's, yeah. So she's barefoot now because she's not getting the actual uh, workout ethic that she was getting before because right. of you know, things that have been going on with her. There's nothing bad wrong with her. It's just that she can't excel in the position that we want her to do. So no need to have these shoes on her. And so we're, we're not trying to push and work around the mechanical issues we were dealing with. This is the second time, her second second time of you coming out here and taking care of her feet since she's had the shoes off. Is mm -hmm. this correct? So how is she looking now? She looks magnificent. No, don't say that to me just because I'm in the room. I mean, honestly say, hey, look, this is what's going she, on. You know, she's got a pretty solid foot on her anyway. She handles it just fine. You know, they get a little, little breakage around the nail holes when I pulled the shoes. I left as much foot on her as I could. The idea of let's make them sore to fix their feet, I don't think that's a good idea. That's a little little bit rude, you know. So I would rather leave a little foot and then let give them a chance to start developing a little callus and leave enough mass between the coffin bone and the ground that we're not hurting. And she's doing well in that form. Yeah. Yeah. She's doing... <laughs> 
She's got the pony to boss around, or the pony bosses her around, right? No, Which, she whichever. she herds that pony around. Well, good. Somebody needs to herd that pony. <laughs> the pony herds you. Yes, the pony is a that she's a little snip. That's cayenne out there as well. Mm-hmm. Now, while you were here, Mike, I was sitting there, and I don't know how the thought came into my head. I said to you, I said, Mike, we've been taught all our lives that the Spanish horses over here uh, in the discovery of the new world, right? And I was like, well, why why were they not here in the first place? And but they're over in you know Spain and all that stuff. How come they ended up over there and not over here? And why did they? I guess why weren't they here at all? And your answer was to me. And you got this big old long and you and for a second there, I thought I was in school. So tell me the answer that you told me, if you can remember the answer. Why weren't there any horses here in the discovery of the new world? And the Spaniards, when they were t- coming over here, had to bring horses here because the people didn't pay their board on their horses and <laughs> no way way further back further back further back <laughs> further back well as i understand it some of the very first horse fossils furthest back in time were probably found in wyoming cowboy country amazing isn't it yes so they had cowboys in wyoming thousands of years ago actually they had horses in wyoming thousands of years ago and the shape of the mountain ranges on in this continent funneled the ice age right down through the middle of them and there wasn't a big mountain ridge to drop stop the ice from pushing further south right okay and it got too cold there were horses that had crossed land bridges when the when the continents were closer together i guess we'll go with that one now you were saying and that the, the, the mountains in the, in the united states run north and south and the mountain ranges over some of the other mountain ranges blocked some of the ice okay and left areas where we where it was a little easier to live mm-hmm. You know, the Spanish, when they were discovering the world, they brought horses with them, and they ended up on the continent, you know, up through up through Mexico or, or wherever they landed. And, yeah, they brought them here. At that time, you definitely needed them, so they bred. Plains Indians ended up with horses, and they're, they found fossil remains at this point that they say back before the west was being settled where some of those back 1600 or whatever where the horses were probably eating maize or corn and so that's been here before before this started even thinking about becoming a country so the lovely producer of our show uh sent me this email based on uh the question that i asked you and this is from the the wikipedia page saying that fossils of the earliest direct ancestors of the modern horse have been found in the eocene layers of north america strata mainly in the wind river basin in wyoming been in the wind river basin seriously <laughs> have you really oh yeah is it nice that this time of year it probably was <laughs> this time of year it wasn't in december january <laughs> actually it was not bad then either i continue and it says uh a genius, Equus, which is a member of the horse, originally evolved in North America. These horses' relatives became extinct on the con- on the continent about eight thousand to twelve thousand years ago. In ni- uh, eighteen, I'm sorry, fourteen ninety three, Christopher Columbus set second voyage to the Americas, brought Spanish horses, uh, and then they were brought back to North America first through the Virgin Islands and so on and so forth. But you were saying something about the land bridge. There was a big land bridge or something that was connecting everything together, and they made their way across the land bridge, and then the land bridge dissipated and they and, got and that's a theory you know i don't i don't know the facts of they're talking about how people migrated across the land bridge mm. and you know during the time when the ice was forming and you ended up with the indigenous people in here right you know, how people moved with horses they figure moved back the other way i just think it was funny i was sitting there watching you do the horses and i'm like going i remember in school that they taught us that horses were none 
None at all here in North America. And the Spaniards brought them over, and that's the first time horses were here. I mean, the horses that we know modern today. Horses. Yeah, modern horses, I guess. is. It, but they leave that out when you're five, and five, six, seven years old, and you're like going, really? That's so neat. But, you know, now that we learn, and, I mean, you could however you want to decipher that information. Right. Are they holding it back from us, Mike, for some reason? Is it a conspiracy? It's a conspiracy. All right, guys, stick around. we got a lot more conspiracies to talk about here on Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. And don't forget, if you have a question for Mike Stein, go to equinedynamics.com. At the top of the page, it says contacts. Fill that out. And uh, make sure you put a return address, and we'll send you out some prize packs uh, to your address just for being part of the show. Stick around. You're listening to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. He'll be right back. Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. Don't forget, for every podcast we do, we have a matching video as well, and you can see me waving a mic. I fixed his mic in front of Mike, so you can see him a little bit better. That's Mike Stein over there. How are you? I'm doing okay. Yeah? I'm practicing my wife. Yeah. Turning a unscrewing light bulb. Yeah. Yep. Unscrewing light bulbs. And uh, make sure you go over to YouTube and, and like and subscribe over there. And this just gives you actual avenue, another venue where you can see the stuff, all the visuals that go on here during the podcast. And Mike's going to be drawing here on the counter here. He's got a... He's going to show us uh, about... I wish you'd just let me draw on the counter and not give me paper. <laughs> you, were you the kid that drew on the walls with crayons? Why, yes. Okay. That's why I gave you a piece of paper and a pen, so you're not drawing on my walls. They're and, not my walls. I'm okay with that. Uh, and now we're going to talk about talking terminology. This section of the podcast uh, is basically to help you learn uh, new words. Uh, when you're in the bar or you're with the vet and, and he throws out these big fancy words, hopefully uh, you can say that you heard it here on uh, Equine Dynamics and I'll help you learn exactly what these words are. So this week we are going to talk about the... Navicular. Navicular syndrome. Syndrome. All right. So tell us, Mike, everything that we need to know about the navicular syndrome. I've heard people, navicular disease, navicular syndrome. There's a difference. At this point, I don't know. The navicular bone itself is in the back of the coffin joint. Now, don't forget, you can see this on the podcast video. If you go over to YouTube, make sure you like and subscribe over there. You can see this. Mike has got a a huge uh, horse leg here, the lower half, and he's showing it on the camera here. You're interrupting me. Sorry. The navicular bone is in the back of the coffin joint. You've got the short pastern. You've got the the navicular bone, and you've got the coffin bone, which is inside the hoof capsule, which pretty well dictates the shape of the hoof capsule. The flexor tendon comes down and goes over it and connects into the bottom of the coffin bone. You've got a series of ligaments attached you got collateral ligaments you got your impart ligament there but there's a whole bunch of ligaments through here it's a very busy place lateral cartilages your your digital cushion there's a lot going on back here in the hoof and i probably should quit blocking the camera you're all right so that's that's where the navicular bone is what happens is 
basically you get you get pain in the back part of the, the horse's hoof with if you've got too much impact if you've got damage to circulation if you've got you know, a lot of mechanical strain there the bone bones are always remodeling always stress de-stress but if, if the bone cannot repair itself at the speed that it is being you know broken down you can end up with pits and holes and what all in in the in the bone itself ragged edges but there's you know it can be tendonitis bursitis a lot in evol- involved back here that can create pain so i mean as a farrier in the field and all states rules are different but if i was to run hoof testers on a horse all I can say is the horse is sore in the back of the foot. As far as isolate it to exactly what, you need to go a lot further. Now, is it kind of the equivalent of a way a human... You ever had plantar fasciitis? Where that can be, yes. Where the, the heel the heel strap of a human foot and connects to the front that it doesn't want to flex or bend. It, it kind of stays tight, and you have this constant pain in the bottom of your foot. Right. It can be, it can be just that. It can be the bone itself breaks down. I guess true true navicular syndrome would probably be degeneration of the navicular bone. But as far as pain in that area, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of different things that can be. Now, treating it, how to prevent it, and what to look for. Short stride, horses, you know, stride shortening up. They don't want to move as freely as they used to. Some horses will get painful enough. They don't want their front feet on the ground when you're trying to ride them. Some of them will get to the point they might want to want to buck you off or rear up or hey this hurts too bad we got to do something with it right now this isn't uh, like happen overnight this is a progression of it's time. a progression okay. yes and you know so many times when a horse starts doing that i don't know why this horse's attitude's gotten bad pain pain can create a lot of attitude in a horse happy horses comfortable horses are happy horses now is this something that where you have to concentrate and go okay something's wrong with the foot is this something that will show up on like an x-ray or something like that yes it is and you know i've heard people say that the only horses that ever get this are shot horses because some people are just dead set against you and a horse period um truth is i have worked on mares that were brood mares their whole lives who've never worn a shoe in their life and have not supported a rider in their lives that have come up with this type of issue. We don't notice it because we're not asking them to do stuff. Certain breeds, your quarter horses, are much more prone to a quarter horse, paint horse, any of, the, any, any of that type horse is more prone to it than you might be seeing a warm blood. They always think about it being a front foot problem. I have treated horses that had navicular issues in the back end now how do you prevent this or worked with horses prevent it well the the easiest way to prevent is well don't own a horse <laughs> right <laughs> that, that prevents a lot cross that one off cross that one off you're in trouble <laughs> but i mean i mean good good fairy vet care if you're tying up the shoulders with a saddle and locking the rotation of the shoulders you shorten up the stride create more impact is this something that you as a farrier could see before you know hey look your your horse is starting to get this uh vernacular no, oh, i'm sorry navicular navicular syndrome navicular syndrome uh, you know hey you might want to be careful because i notice when i'm pulling on the horse's foot and you're doing you know the trimming and shaving and stuff i can feel on, just on this foot here mm-hmm. that the, the horse is pulling back can you tell you may you, you sense may that? notice you may notice a bit in a turn more you may notice horses slow down horses are more tentative about you know terrain changes um horses sometimes if you watch them in a stall in deep bedding you'll see a horse sometimes that will stand on the edge of a mat with their toe down because 
raising that angle gets some pressure off the flexor tendon, right? And that could be multiple things. That could be navicular. It could be anything involved in the, in the flexor tendon pressure. Now, can you feel like I know sometimes my wife will go out there and she'll put her hand on a, on a hoof now and then that she thinks it's bothering the, the horse. Is it a heat thing? Can you feel heat uh, with that? Or no, you can't sense That's it. That's not something where you're probably going to f- feel any heat. Uh, there are horses that treat as navicular type horses and you need your vet involved and you need your vet to take a good series of x-rays and sometimes multiple angles and sometimes multiple positions to which to where we can see what's going on with the bone itself um, there are horses that have been as hard to but ultrasounded for problems in that area in fact uh last couple of weeks ago in kentucky i worked on one where the ultrasound showed there were adhesions between that flexor tendon and the navicular bursa so that's a there, there you go another angle at a problem in the back of the foot right right now with me going to the barn can i say that's what's going on not a clue i can say your horse is painful in the back of the foot but short strided tender footed uh, going in in terrain where you're changing alignment and angles horses sometimes don't like that so if you all of a sudden you hit a hard climb hill up your first step in it pops that toe up and puts pressure on that flexor tendon and that puts more strain into that navicular bursa area for a step or two they might not like that so curable prevent not preventative but curable um how to address it is it a is it an end of career i always worry about that because every right. time no. every time i hear you know something wrong with no, the foot no, 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 end no, of no. career that's it the horse is gone no there are horses out there i had a horse some years ago that was a warm blood dressage horse went up for sale um i'd been working on her for a while when they took cell x-rays there was a cyst in the navicular bone i'll take dumb luck any day of the week we'd never had her lame she had a dressage career woman put her up for sale for a couple of times couldn't sell her they took x-rays or it's just the size of a pencil eraser in the navicular bone she was retired not because of navicular issues she had some other issues going on and she was retired Mm -hmm. but she was on older older in life we really and i'd like to claim because i was the farrier but good farriers make a huge difference Uh, if mechanics are not where they should be they're going to fill it and uh, some of them are going to be much more painful than others. Some of them are not going to show you much. Like this mare, she never really showed us much with that until the cell x-rays were made. All right, guys, stick around. When we come back, we're going to talk uh, more about Tony Gonzalez's book, The Proper Balance Movement, and we're going to talk about a horse by the name of Jim. Is it Jim's the name of the horse? or is this? We'll go with Jim. Okay, so this is Jim's story. We're going to get into that when we come back. Stick around. You'll see Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's Travis. And are you like me and you've got different apps to take care of your healthcare needs? You got one app for this and one app for that. Well, there's a brand new app out there that consolidates all these things into one central location. The SNAH app gives you the advantage to book hospitals, doctors, dialysis, physical therapy, home care needs, health care, and special appointments. Schedule non-emergency medical transportation, whether you need a wheelchair, etc. 
accessible van or other options, make co-pays, check prescriptions and status on refills, receive and review test results and medical reports. It also has an e-wallet with the ability for the insurance or loved ones to add health care funds to help pay for health care services. You can also track claim status all in one location. That's the SNAH app. Find it wherever you download your apps. Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. If you'd like Mike Stein to perform a clinic out at your location, go to equinedynamics.com. At the top of the page says clinics, and he can come out to your event or your location. And he's got a lot of visuals out there. As you can see, one of his visuals that he has here in the studio is this bottom quarter part of a horse's leg. It's a skeleton, and you can see all the navicular bone. Am I saying that right, Mike? Navicular. That's the way I say it. Hopefully it's sort of right. Uh, And he's also got other different things to show up at your location with a whole bunch of information and all you have to do is fill out that little form there and he'll schedule you in pencil you in get you all set up and um while you're over there get yourself something for free fill out the contacts form put a question in there or any kind of statement we'll read it here on the air and we'll send you out a free prize pack as well and over to my far inside is mike stein how are you i am spectacular you're incredible now you're drawing pictures over there mike what are you drawing over there stick horses <laughs> why is that one got wings sometimes they fly <laughs> We're going to read right now another chapter or another session out of Proper Balance of Movement, uh, A Diary of Lameless by Tony Gonzalez. Now, I'm not going to read the whole thing. Skim through. Yeah, we'll, we'll get the gist of it. So this is this chapter is called Jim's Story. And I'll start off, just give you a little outline. It's not hard to be sympathetic when listening to a really sad story. One came by the phone the other day at a church organization. A woman counselor of the church was polite, and she uh, asked me if I knew anyone interested in buying chestnut gelding that she had purchased as a companion with another horse, like a baby. When I asked her how much she wanted for the horse, she responded $300. Now, this horse ended up being, is this where Jim's story takes off? And tell tell us about Jim's story. Okay. From what I understand, they had gone out to look at a horse. Moses and Tony went out and uh, decided to buy the horse because... You know, they wanted to prove a point or learn something or whatever, however you may take it at that point, but thought they could get the horse happier. And I think as the story goes, Jim, Jim was at a church camp, and so he pushed his brother and said, you're buying the horse. And they did get the horse going much happier. Probably was not going to take a big jumping career or anything like that, but nice little easy trail riding horse. And now, well, now, what was wrong with the horse? The, that, this that created this the, is the reason we were talking about, the navicular okay. syndrome. Oh, it all matches together now. Yes, yes. Our uh, our staff that runs the show <laughs> decided that was the best way to go with this. Sure, right? yes. So anyway, Moses bought the horse. They worked with the horse. They got the horse happier and... Then as the story went, there was an old friend from the school days that was watching the situation that was interested. Wasn't much of a rider. With a nice, quiet little horse to do ease around on trails quietly. So then the horse was sold, and the horse had a happy life doing that after some of the mechanical stress was taken off of that area. So why were you drawing these pictures? Does this have to deal with the story? this has to do with the story, and this opens up a huge can of worms. Okay, and I'm going to switch over. chickens would like it. (laughs) I'm going to switch over to camera three, and you guys can see this in real time as we're talking about it here in uh, in the studio. Just go over to YouTube, search Equine Dynamics Mike Stein. You can see this video as well. So here we go. What the, what is that? It looks like uh, the letter D and a stick. It's a D and a stick horse. Okay. And uh, we'll put some ears on the horse and 
How's that? Is that better? <laughs> I guess. Okay. When you're working with a navicular horse, one of the things years ago, you go back, put a bar shoe on them, right? Yes. And then we got to decide, as Jack Miller used to say, you know, a fairy can only do two things, reduce leverage and provide support. Okay. You know, we used to put bar shoes on them. Some people still do. And the reason why you put bar shoes on them? Well, the reason is when your pastern recoils, if there's more support there, the pastern doesn't drop as hard because the thought is when the pastern, if the pastern is collapsing hard, it's hitting pressure against the flexor tendon that's coming across the navicular bursa. The way I think about it is if you have a queen bed and you put the support, you know, the bars across the, the bottom of the bed to keep right. the bed from sinking off of the, you only put it like one towards your Horses, head yeah. and one towards your feet and you don't put the one in the middle. So the and bo- it sags. And it sags. So is that okay. the same effect? Mm, let's go with that. <laughs> So the pastern drops. When it does, it hits that flexor tendon. Flexor tendon tightens up across the navicular bursa. Also, okay, so if you put a bar shoe on there and you run it out, well, yes, you're holding the pastern up. Well, if that's not enough, well, let's let's add a wedge in there. Problem there is we hadn't necessarily done anything to reduce leverage. Internally, the cough bone in time, oh, we got to fix, we got to fix, it's doing good, it's happy, it's this, that, and other thing. What, what I've run into many years ago was that in time you come back and shoot your x-rays and all of a sudden your coffin bone is going to more of a negative angle because support becomes leverage against the back of the foot. If the foot's not stable enough to handle it, then it's okay. We can put some support in the back of the foot. Can a navicular handle support in the back of the foot? A, lot, some, a few can, a lot can't. And, well, that's all we can do. Well, then we start looking at breakover. Well, if we reduce breakover, we reduce leverage against the, against the joint. At this point, my whole thing with navicular horses has changed quite a bit. And, you know, after I worked with Tony and what I learned from them, it became more, more and more apparent. And I have done this, a prove a point thing, right? Right. A customer that trusted me enough, which wonder why right <laughs> i trust you mike okay yes yes but you know if you start checking the si lower back a lot of those horses are sore we're doing all this stuff to get the weight off the front of the horse correct yes if they're sore back here and the hind end is not working correctly you change the angle you change pressure pressure doesn't disappear if the shoulder is locked if your saddle is trapping the scapula if you cannot get the scapula moving the pressure still there there's still downforce we change where it goes it comes off the flexor tendon, it goes extensors, it, we load it onto our suspensories, um, whatever it may be. But the pressure doesn't just disappear. Okay. What if we could get the pressure to magically come off the front of the horse? So how do you, how do, you do that? Hot air balloons in a sling. <laughs> I was going to say the, those uh, those spongy shoes that everyone walks around on, the memory frame. Right, yeah. And, and that has been, you know, shock absorbers have been used. But, you know, during the, during the years of working with Ray Morris, people need to check when the foot extends forward, the rotation of the shoulder is actually down in this area, right? Can you see that? Yes. Down below the shoulder joint. So this rotates back. Okay. If that is not moving to a full range, and you can also pick your leg up at a 90, support the knee, push this back, pull it forward, are you getting much range? Check both sides. That's the way you can do a quick check. Run your hand down, check your lower back. The more this starts to move, this will pre- this pressure will ease up. If this is not coming over and picking the horse up off the ground, lifting the back, you still got all that downforce. Is your horse built downhill or uphill? Different different thing. Is your saddle trapping the scapula? 
if if it is your limited movement of the scapula, well, you're creating impact and downforce because the horse has to reach out forward and have the scapula moving, and then you got the muscle sling can be a big shock absorber in the body. Correct. Correct. If that's locked up, you're driving the back down. Hind end can't come through. But what I had done in this one particular situation, and it was kind of a crazy story because woman bought the horse, was using it for for lessons. Horse had really solid feet on her, but she showed up after she bought the horse. We, we got some problems. Vet came out, took X-rays. We ran the whole gamut. Oh, we've got some navicular issues going on. Can we back off and take a little time with this mare? Because her back end was straight as a fence post. In fact, if you were looking at my think sassy story on my page, yes, I think that's up. Worked on supporting the back end, bringing the breakover back on the back end, working in a direction to get the back end flexing. The mare's front feet within a couple months. It's like this doesn't hurt anymore. And she was to being a riding lesson horse. So that in its own is not the easiest way to hand, you know, for, on a horse because you got unskilled riders on top wobbling around, bouncing, this, that, and the other thing. <laughs> we were definitely careful with the saddle and made sure the saddle was back far enough for the scapulas to move. And, you know, we're running Western tack on the horse. So there wasn't, you know, you can't adjust the tree on a Western saddle. And being a lesson horse, not a massive amount of money was spent. So she came sound. She did ride lessons for a few years. She was happy for several years. And uh, down the road, the woman who owned the property decided with some things happening, she needed to downsize. The mare was sold. She was very happy for a few years. But we had definitely concentrated on making sure that back end was working. Down the road, the mare comes up with problems. Somebody came back on her. You sold us a horse with problems. The, the deal was was the vet who checked the horse out for the pre-purchase, if they'd have shot x-rays, I don't remember if they did or didn't, and I don't remember if it was soft tissue pain versus breakdown of the navicular bone. But she went through the vet test check okay. And there became a big hoopla over that because you know the owner's like, well, this vet says the horse is navicular six months later. Then I bought the horse. You did my you vet checked my horse and you passed it. She wasn't hurting at that time. I don't know if they just ran hoof testers. I don't know if they did X-rays. I don't know what was done. But at this point, it was happy when she went to the other place. They're like, "Why have we got shoes on her back end?" And they pulled them. And in a few months, she's back loading the front end. I don't know. Something to think about, right? Mike, you lost me at a uh, navicular. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, dealing with rocker formats, dealing with Doc Reddens, I worked on navicular horses out at his clinic. Like I said, we had one that had the flexor tendon was adhering to the navicular bone itself, and we went more to a rocker rail format. And we've got video of the horse going down the bar, trotting down the barn, not 100%, but much happier than it was a couple hours earlier. A lot, lot has changed there. All right, guys, stick around. When we come back, uh, one more little segment, and we'll look at you get back to enjoying your ponies. You're listening to the Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. Make sure you follow him on YouTube. Uh, the way you do that is go to YouTube, search Equine Dynamics Mike Stein. And don't forget, he's got a new Facebook page out there. You've been posting a bunch of stuff on your new Facebook page. I, I've seen it, Mike. I have a new Facebook page. No. Well, whoever's in charge of your Facebook page is posting a bunch of new stuff over there. Right. About you going out to Kentucky. Yep. Yep. Yes, I was there. And all you have to do is search Equine Dynamics Mike Stein. You can see a picture of me standing out there in front of Brutus, his big white truck out there. That's the name of your truck, by the way. Uh, I call it Brutus because it sounds like a, a freaking hog as it's coming down the driveway here. That big old diesel you got running. So make sure you go and like and subscribe to him over there as well. And you heard just speaking just a minute ago, that is Mike Stein over there. How are you? I'm doing good. You remember my old truck, right? The silver one. one. The silver beast that's got half a million miles on it. It's electric. It's got a plug hanging out the front of the grill. Oh, does it really? Yes. It's the silver back. That's a block heater. But anyway, yes. <laughs> so we were running a little bit long on this podcast here, so make sure you join us next week as well, because we're going to talk about and continue with Radio Grass for a Farrier. Uh, Mike says he needs a little bit longer segment, and we don't want to keep you guys from your ponies. So uh, we're just going to extend that to next week's show, so make sure you stick around and join us for that. So, but on this week's show, Mike, what did we learn? We learned... Talking terminology. We learned about the navicu- navicular syndrome. Navicular bone syndrome. A degenerative lameness of the heel area that can involve inflameness of the navicular bone and associated structures. So what do we learn? How do we get it? How do we prevent it? And what to do with it? Well, paying attention to your horse, making sure the shoulders are moving, making sure the hind end's moving, making sure we're not locking up and creating impact. Saddle placement makes a huge difference in it. Lower back pain makes a huge difference in it. So we want to make sure the scapulas can move. We want to make sure the saddle is comfortable enough that the horse can lift and round because if we're dropping them in the middle, we're creating a lot of impact on the front end. And also another chapter, chapter five, out of the Diary of Lamus, a proper balance movement, a book written by Tony Gonzalez. This one was Jim's story, and Jim's story was about a horse uh, that a ch- little church lady wanted for her as Only a pastor. drove it to church on Sundays. <laughs> a little pastor buddy out there. So tell us the story about what we learned from Jim's story. Well, Jim, we look back at the story of how, you know, some of how this happens and some of where these horses can go. And at the time that Tony and Moses and those guys were doing, the thoughts were different. These guys were looking at different angles. At that point, it's like, let's put a bar shoe on them. It used to be at one point, if you go back to Rooney, and I think that was 1961, but learning in time, and we shot a lot more radiographs, we learned sometimes what happens. I'm not going to say that the bar shoe does not work well for some horses, because it has. It's helped a lot of horses out. It's helped out tendon ligament problems. It's helped out with healing up suspensory problems. It's done a lot, but it's not. there's not one answer for everything. And start looking at mechanics of the horse and how much that plays a part in it and how much we need to start thinking about what's going on up top. You know, people are, well, it's got navicular. Why do you want to worry about the back end? Well, in, with any horse performance issues, with horses that are uneven, with horses that are not moving evenly, looking at the back end of the horse and paying attention to what's going there is makes a huge difference on what, how, what happens in the front end. All right, guys, make sure you follow Mike Stein over on Facebook. Search Equine Dynamics Mike Stein. Make sure you like and subscribe to him over on YouTube, and you can see all the visuals and stuff that we have here. You can see Mike's uh, stick drawing of a horse over there. Make sure you like and subscribe over there. And if you'd like uh, Mike to uh, answer a question for Mike Stein, go to equinedynamics.com. At the top of the page, says contact us. Fill out that little form. Put a return address, and we'll send you out a prize pack as well. All right, guys, on behalf of Mike Stein over there. Thank you. Have a good day. Enjoy your horses. And uh, 
Let's do this again. <laughs> My name is Travis Say, and see you next week. All of the doggies are in the corral. All of your work.